Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Bienvenidos. <laughs> Couldn't do it. I was going to try to give you a Spanish opening, Dan, but we were just enjoying ourselves before the show started here talking about all the fun ways that people pronounce our cities around San Luis County. So just drove in from Los Osos. Or Las Osos. <laughs> Good times. I didn't. I came from Atascadero. Glad you guys are with us. We got the, the talented Dan Podesto back in the chair. Stacked rich with news articles. It looks like he's really can't wait to share. So that'll be exciting. How's your uh, week, Dan? It's pretty good. Yeah. 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 It's pretty good. Glad to hear it. Mine felt kind of uneventful. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot really exciting happening. Not, not very much. I saw um, a press conference with Bernanke. Did you see that? I didn't. I didn't pay attention to too much of it, but he just kept talking about how the uh, the economy was doing better and Fed policy was recognizing that. And I wondered, is this guy, didn't he pretty much just like retire a couple weeks ago? <laughs> Isn't he ready to be done? I don't know if he's officially out yet. No? Uh, no. But Yellen was confirmed, right? Yeah. I saw no. that. Was I she? saw that. Yeah, it was a Monday a couple weeks ago. It was a day they put in the new FHFA director and Yellen, uh. they got like, confirmed or sworn in or i don't know what it's not sworn in is it maybe i don't fed know fed chair i don't know who knows anyway i was just kind of like hey man this guy's old news i'm ready for the fresh blood come tell us what's going on i um i missed you last week did you i certainly did i heard you were just full of guests in here i actually listened to a little bit of the show we had a good time um yeah wait who was it you had wes in uh, from Patterson Realty, the first hour, and then yep. um, do you have Craig from Blakesley and Blakesley? Yeah, you were listening. Um, All right, I know pass what's the going quiz. On. Yeah, but that was um, we finally got that unemployment report, and thought it'd be fun to talk about that. And, and I don't know, and there wasn't really anybody to talk with about it. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I didn't as 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 really <laughs> talk with you about this kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> My unemployment buddy. That's what, <laughs> that's what we've been doing on Saturday mornings is talking about like jobs and stuff for a few years now. The uh, I'm sure you saw all that stuff, but since you missed the show altogether, um, the uh, the unemployment report was bad. Really? Tell yeah. me. I actually didn't see it. I, I unfortunately last week was... Um... On Friday, when that report came out, I was at a, a memorial service for a, a family member. So it's up in Sacramento area. So I, I really didn't catch that report, unfortunately. For Oh, well, I'll bring you up to speed real quick. Okay. 
Can I set the stage first? Sure. Last month, the feds began tapering the purchase of mortgage-backed securities. I heard something about that. Because of continued improvement in the labor market. Right. That's really what's been going on. It's just been good. A couple hundred thousand jobs a month have been produced for a while, right? I mean, November was 203,000 jobs. So they tapered based on sustained improvement in labor markets. Then we found here, oh, December, the weakest job creation in three years. That's not good. Skidding in with a nice count of 74,000 jobs. That's pretty weak. Um, 74,000? That's it. And in expectations were for 197. So most all estimates were just radically off. Kind of remind me of the flip-flop a couple months ago. Remember when they were predicting some dismal number down around 100,000 and all of a sudden we wowed with 200,000? That was kind of, I think, one of the things that led the feds to believe it was the right time to begin tapering. The unemployment rate, however, got some headlines plunging to 6.7%. Wow. That's the second month in a row where it's fallen by, obviously, by three tenths. Obviously, nothing to do with growing the labor force. It's simply shrinking. Yep. That's the headline I saw this week. Americans giving up on jobs. So for those of you who haven't been listening to us every Saturday for the last several years, you, you as an American worker, stop being counted in this metric if you have stopped looking for work after six months. Yeah. You're, yeah. You just fall off. You're, you're, you're no longer disinterested, even... obviously independently wealthy. <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah. Other folks that get discounted, is that the right word to use, from the unemployment rate, were once counted and now are not counted, removed from the metric. <laughs> folks that are... I'm doing air quotes here, retired. <laughs> if you, um, yeah, if you're on unemployment for the max at the end of that term, you're deemed retired. Good luck to you. So you don't get counted anymore. Um, these kinds of things in the shrinking labor pool like that actually drive the unemployment rate down. So it's a, it wasn't exactly celebrated. In fact, most of the headlines that did talk about the falling unemployment rate suggests that it isn't because of anything good that happened. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for January's employment report. We should be getting that out that first Friday of February. And I'm curious to see, are we going to go back to getting 200,000 jobs in a month or another little bad month? And then oh, what's going to happen there? So something to keep an eye on anyway. Um, the... I just, it's interesting. It's interesting that we've had, there's several thoughts going through my head. First of, of all, is just the seasonality. We've got December, right? December is a time where I personally feel like it's all about family and the holidays. Our business is so cyclical too. It just kind of happens that way. I mean, business does slow down generally around that time of year. Sure. That's not the same for every business. Some businesses, that's their peak time of year. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that that maybe some of the 
you know, the, the companies that might be the bigger employers not hiring? Um, is that simply because it is that holiday time of year? I don't know. I mean, keep in mind that you're coming off when December employment's going on, what do you got? I mean, you got some retail out, right? Uh, you got a lot of people out shopping. If you have a little shop or even a store like one of the big boxes, generally I would think you're going to be beefing up staff. In the but if you're retail, December. wouldn't you be beefing it up in November for Black Friday? And Yeah, and maybe. Then... Yeah. But it's so – and interestingly enough, you know, there, there's a couple components to the, the shedding um, or lack thereof of the lack of production of jobs. 16,000 – drop in construction jobs um yeah obviously that's mostly outdoors and december was pretty cold i mean there was For most of the country a lot yeah. of the country was pretty cold um in transportation and warehousing um they only lost a thousand jobs over the, in what was created from the previous month so just kind of interesting um I, there was a lot of talk right now that it's being chalked up to a cold winter um, and I also, I heard too, though, that, yeah, there's, there's always, always some a, there's always a justification. There's sure. always some attempt to justify the number. And when all else fails, it's the weather. And oh, there was a hurricane. I feel like the all else <laughs> fails is the, uh, like some kind of computer glitch. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, California just couldn't get theirs online. <laughs> California had 80s in January. <laughs> right, but no, that's just—it's no just one state. So obviously, weather played the the so, big the big deal here. Yeah, kind of interesting. <clears throat> Coupling along with that number, um, every Thursday we get the initial jobless claims. These are folks showing up for first time unemployment benefits. That number. Um, Last week was revised downward to 328, so still not bad. Those numbers are itching down the right way. This week, they expected 326, um, and it came out 326, so that's pretty good. Those numbers, so that's one of the things that's kind of a trip to me, by the way. You see like such a terrible jobs report, and it's like, maybe the labor market isn't good actually at all. Wouldn't you expect to see a bump in initial jobless claims in the month where we couldn't create all those jobs? We have to create some amount of jobs simply to keep up with population growth. So interestingly enough, those numbers are still pretty strong. But yeah, still the weakest job creation in, in three years. The very month the feds lay out their taper. I have I have another random thought here. Yeah. The math has never really added up to me. Mm. Um, when you lose 350,000 jobs a week, because those are weekly jobless claims, but then you're adding, like in a good month, a couple hundred thousand jobs in a month. So you're losing like 1.2 million jobs in a four-week period, but you're gaining 200,000 back. So you have a net 1 million and the reason I, I understand what's going on, people go on and off of unemployment, sure. but they call it first time unemployment claims. First time since the last time, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is um, definitely people that are just getting a first time unemployment benefit for a, a seasonal or temporary layoff. I first mean, time since the last time. First time since the last time, sure. Um, but if you're, you know... If you're, I, can you get can you get unemployment for 
like being pregnant or is that just disability leave? I don't know enough about all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, and they give that four week moving average, right? It's been around 330 now for a few months. So on average, in a four week period, 330,000 people are saying, hey, I lost my job. I need some assistance. Each week. Well, the yeah, okay. But it, the four-week moving average is a period of four weeks, right? No, it's averaged out of the last four weeks what their claims were. Yeah. So, so it's averaged so really, there's like 1.2 million. million people have lost their jobs, and we cooked up 74,000 for them. Hey! Hey, Jason, I was just thinking um, pregnancy, that's considered maternity leave, but do they consider that unemployment or just... No, because you're, you're still employed. Okay. I think you get disability. Yeah, you can apply for disability. Short-term disability. It's like six weeks. Is that through every state? I know you can do that through California. Yeah, I really only have ever lived here. I know in California you can't apply for disability when you're on a pregnancy leave. Surely somebody that's listening has the answer to this question. They'll call and straighten But you're not. You're still employed. You're not not going to be counted in all those numbers. Okay. So here's – okay. So we we had a bad jobs report last week. Yeah. Um – and um, at the same time, some numbers came out about job openings. And the number of job openings are at their highest level since 2008. There are more jobs available than we've seen in the last five years, and more people are quitting their jobs than we've seen in the last five years. So, so there's... There's a lot of job opportunity, and there's a lot of people quitting. And when people are quitting, that either means that they're confident they can get another job or they already have another job to go to that's somehow better. Yeah. And typically that's better pay. So that's those are good signs. Yet at the same time, we have a terrible employment report. So we've got some conflicting um, news stories here. Locally, I saw three help wanted signs this week. I mean, you don't see too many of that. Number one, I don't think it's a great way of advertising an opening, but it feels like you just don't see it that much around. Like people are like, oh, we're desperate enough. We're going to put a sign in the window now. Um, so maybe maybe it's a good time to move around. Who knows? It's possible. We've got a caller on the line. We've got Rick calling from San Luis Obispo. Rick, hey, how you doing? Interesting uh uh, statistics. I, one of the things that uh, just crossed my mind when you guys were talking is that maybe since this is a local show, it would really be good to focus on the California jobs and unemployment statistics because they might not be the same as the rest of the country. Yeah, yeah, and we do that. There, those seem to come out a week or two after the national numbers. Uh-huh. Um, well, the the state is. The trends are similar. When you look locally, statewide, and nationally, the trends are all the same. The numbers, obviously, are a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our local area is a lot better as far as the unemployment rate goes than than the nation mm-hmm. um, and the state, for that matter. So mm-hmm. we do touch on those. They just don't all come out at the same time, or at least they're not available to us at the same time. Mm. Uh, w- one other thing that crossed my mind as far as the, the uh, jobs thing goes um, when did the people who were who lost their jobs in that year right after the stock market collapse, when did their unemployment run out? 
I think those it de- it depends exactly when you you look, but the maximum term of unemployment benefits at one time was ninety nine weeks. So roughly two years. Two years. So. So they would have already dropped off. Uh, yeah, because what the stock market dip happened in two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they've. They're expired for three years if they hadn't found unemployment. But, you know, if someone had gone out, found a job, and then reapplied for unemployment, when did the 99-week term expire? Uh, I think it sunsetted last December. They made just the a month ago, back of it. or two Decembers ago, a year, thirteen months ago. I think we'll have to look it up to know for sure. So, folks who maybe applied for it at that time still have another year to go? Um, or is it all sunsetting with the the new um, things that I'm reading about? Like I think at the end of this month, sometime this month, a lot of those unemployment be- benefits are going to expire. Does that include someone who maybe applied 13 months ago and was hoping for 99 weeks? Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. I think you apply and you begin receiving the benefit and then when your benefit term is up, if there's an extension in place for you, you can get it provided that you're still eligible. And so those extensions just stopped being offered. So there's not okay. like anybody that's getting grandfathered into being guaranteed a full 99. But if you, the longest anybody ever got was 99 from day one till the extensions were no more. Hmm. I see. Um, the other thing is that if, if, they're talking about people are no longer looking. The only way they would know that is if you were uh, uh, reporting, uh, if if you were collecting unemployment and filing reports that you were looking for a job. Sure. And then your unemployment ended, then you'd no longer be filing those reports. And so they wouldn't really know whether you're looking for a job or not. Yeah. I mean, how would they possibly know if you're looking for a job? Other than if you were on unemployment. I think that's the thing is that you, when you're on unemployment, you have to complete a weekly form that states, you know, yeah. if you've been turn, turning in resumes and right. beating the streets looking for a job. And if you give that up, either because the benefit has lapsed and you no longer get it, or you just maybe, I don't know what you're doing for income, but you're no longer pursuing that, then yeah, you'd fall out of that metric. Well, maybe what Rick is trying to say too is maybe you got a job and you just, how do they know really that you got a job or you just fell off of it? Well, no, I wasn't really saying that. I was saying that there could be lots and lots of people looking for jobs, but if they're not filing those unemployment reports because they're, they're off, they, that unemployment has expired, then the government would have no way of knowing whether they were looking for jobs or not. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the reality, Rick. I think that's exactly the point that a lot of of people make, that the unemployment rate doesn't show the true picture of unemployment, that really you need to look at the the more um, – there's another number. It's called U6 unemployment Mm. um, or more commonly referred to as the underemployment figure. And those are are including people who are – not just out of work and maybe fallen off the report. Those are including people who have work, who are working less hours than they would desire or at a lower pay wage than they desire or below their skill level. Um, it includes a lot more people who are who do actually even have jobs. So that's a big complaint about this unemployment number that gets the most attention, which is the U3 unemployment. There's six different unemployment numbers that come out. 
um, from the Labor Department. And you can go to their website and see all six of them and find the descriptions of all six so that you understand what you're looking at. The one that gets reported most commonly is the U3. Um, and it's it just doesn't really paint the full picture of, of where we're at. Well, you know, I think one of, one of the things that uh, happened uh, after that stock market collapse is that the uh, big employers, the major corporations, laid off huge numbers of, of employees. And uh, I think a lot of them claim that they weren't just transferring their jobs over to the Far East or some other place. But the fact that the big corporations have been making record profits without that reflecting in the uh, uh, income of Americans uh, seems to indicate that they really did move those jobs overseas. And uh, I think that may, may be continuing to do that. Uh, so I, you know, because uh, the lower the the wage, the less benefit there's been from from this corporate bump. So I saw some statistics that showed that people at the lowest wages have had an absolutely flat income for a, a long a long time, and only as your uh, position in the hierarchy rises has there been any benefit. Yeah, and what I've seen as far as wage uh, wages go is that really wages across the board, averaged across all um, income demographics, have have really been flat for the last ten to twelve years. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been really weird. But but people who have got good jobs have seen some some bump, but nothing like what's happened with the stock market. So I I think what the stock market it really reflects is uh, global. Uh, profits for multinational corporations. That's really what Craig Darnell was saying last week, too, that that was a lot of the reason why we see such gains when things over the course of the year don't exactly seem like the investment hotbed. Yeah. Hey, Rick, thanks so much for your call today. Yeah. We really appreciate you listening and calling in. Thank you. All right. Hey, guys, it's uh, 1027. We're going to go ahead and do the first commercial break of the show, take some time out to thank the guests that helped make the show possible. When we get back, we'll have more to talk about. Um, I was going to share, Dan, as long as we're talking about unemployment, um, some loan programs that if you lost your house to a short sale due to unemployment, there are some loan programs to help you buy again. That's intriguing, isn't it? That's that foreshadowing thing. Jim's been trying to give me notes. Um, that's right yep. yeah all right it's here called, we go it's called a hook you're yeah the hook the hook you're gonna yeah you're enticing them to hang on through this break stick around there's more amazing content to come on mortgage matters mortgage matters with host dan and jason will be right back join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832 we're the mortgage experts on the central coast Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you're sitting still in your chair listening to that little track right there, you're not alive. I wasn't going to use this, but then we were all rocking when I was that listening That thing make your it. foot tap. Next thing oh, you know, you nice. start Everyone's getting the head moving. Yeah, moving around here. Yeah. Bring that up for the hook here. I didn't know you liked this kind of music, Jim. I love this song. Really? Oh, I thought you were all about ACDC. Uh, and... No. I'm across the board on all the right. music stuff. All right. There you go. Good times. All right, everybody, listen to Mortgage Matters. Thanks for being with us. It's just after 1030 on January 18th. Um, so a couple things. First of all, next week, um, Dan's getting another weekend off. So for those of you that um, only like to listen when he's not listening, <laughs> join us. Wow. I'm going to have on. It's going to be uh, Mortgage Matters with Jason Squared and Guy Torelli. We have to get a new little uh, thing to put at the end of the break then. Yeah. Jason Squared and Guy Jason Terrell. Van Dyke and I are going to be here doing the show. And I'm wondering if it's going to be confusing. I know Jason's done the show a few times with you. You, Yeah. yeah and, it, and it works perfect with the intros and outros that we yeah, have. Yeah, and ever since Dan Jason got that I Love Jason tattoo, the only good <laughs> substitute for a wow. Jason is another one. Wow. So, wow. But this time there's going to be Jason, Jason, and Guy. So there's going to be like Jason. Yeah. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be easy for Guy. Yeah. If he messes up names this time, <laughs> he might even call you Jason. Wow. See how that makes you Jason. feel. 
Um, Three times over. So we've got some <laughs> stuff to talk about next week. Should be exciting. I was going to give you this and wondered what you thought. Oh. I think it would be cool to have a weekly segment of like a loan success. Huh? Okay. What do you think? Like, I, look, here, here's the reality. This is what I was trying to think about the other day. I really do love doing the show, and, and people get the sense of it that we geek out on this stuff, and it means a little more to us. This isn't You can't just phone in this kind of excitement about <laughs> things like this for years on end. Um, we, I feel like we don't tie it back to the loan stuff quite enough. You know, if we were talking more about the loan program. So every once in a while, I get on this little tear. So like we were talking about unemployment, it reminded me that I should really share about the programs, the loan programs that um, make exception for people that lost their job. But somehow it's not uh, because we're not doing the show like in a full infomercial spirit. I forget that that is kind of what we're doing here. I mean, we're attempting to share these things so that people come up to speed on what's available. So one of the ideas I had this last week was um, we could give it a, a cool catch or something, but a little, a little tidbit of maybe a person or two during the week that was like a success in the loan. And I, I realize that not every week there's not like a standout, that was amazing kind of thing. Um, and tying the two themes together today I'll share a story with you. Um, uh, two times this week, um, two different people. I have new loan applications from um, one was a couple who the husband was relocated and and the wife kind of trailed along because she more or less had to. And then she couldn't find a job that was as good as the one she had before. And due to being uprooted and, and relocated, their income declined. And so they were really couldn't rent their house out where they were. They couldn't sell their house. And since they left it, they could no longer occupy it. So they had really no choice but to short sale. Um, and all of this, really, the job forced their hand. If, if the job didn't relocate him, they wouldn't have had to go and they could have stayed and been paying just fine. But so they short sold their house. Um, and so what kind of loan program? So they stumble into the office. How long ago was this? 18 months. So they stumbled into the office and said, hey, um, we'd like to buy a house. They never had any other bad credit. Um, they did the short sale process the way that the best that you can. Yeah, they ended up with some mortgage lates, but they saw it all the way through. And the whole thing, they saw over a 700 credit score. Um, so, so check it out. FHA has a loan program called the back to work program, where if you had a decline that you can document of income of 20% or more, um, that they'll allow you to get a loan, uh, really without any time constraint. They yeah, it can be less than that, 12 months. Yeah. Employment sort of forced this situation. And if they saw through the short sale and made it all work out, that they could get a loan again. So say, so, hey, you guys could do this FHA loan. Um, they're thrilled about it. Didn't think home ownership was something that was, you know, going to happen because they went into Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo said, yeah, for a short sale like that, you're looking at four plus years. So 
Um, this is a pretty cool program. And then secondly, on in a similar vein, um, I have a couple that had a business and uh, Mr. had a job. So they ran a business together and he had a job. Uh, during the recession, the business tanked. It just, they couldn't keep it above board. And so uh, Mr. never lost his job. He's still working there today. But um, in doing so, they they are looking for a loan today. They short sold their house 20 months ago. And um, so what we planned out for these folks was um, Fannie Mae actually will allow you to um, get a new conventional loan with no mortgage insurance 24 months after your short sale if you have a 20% down payment. So um, they were thrilled. Uh, so FHA has mortgage insurance. It's not the best deal for everyone. These guys don't have 20% down, my first couple. So they have to go FHA. My second couple does have 20% down. So uh, conventional will be an option for them in four months. So those for me, um, see how I tied that all back to that unemployment thing. A lot of good people got forced into some bad situations and still recognize that owning real estate is a, is a vital part to not only the American dream, but ultimately the, the road to financial security. So these people are coming forward to get loans and, um, and a lot of phone calls this week. I think there's a lot of people out there that um, don't really know what their options are. So I just give kind of the general shout to all you guys. If you had a short sale or even a foreclosure, um, perhaps a deed in lieu, uh, then reach out to us and we'll not only um, tell you what your options are today, but tell you uh, what the calendar milestones are where options are going to become available to you. And the other thing is, even if you did this in the past, these rules have been changing, um, perhaps getting a little more lenient. So it's a good thing to just check back in. Um, and then obviously, if you have friends or family members that uh, had a short sale or foreclosure, you could encourage them to give us a call to find out what their options might be. Um, there, another couple, we did that same FHA program on, we closed their loan in December. Yep. And they didn't even ever lose their job. They had other circumstances. They're state, both state employees. Um, so some furloughs. They, and... they experienced furloughs, and then they experienced some personal challenges. I think there was a, a parent of one of the borrowers who got sick and required a lot of attention and, and money to yep. pay for that care. Um, they had a couple of other personal issues that demanded time and money and resources that really made it difficult for them to afford their home and they ended up in a short sale position. Um, so it doesn't even this FHA back to work program, you don't necessarily have to be coming off of job loss in order to qualify. What you do need is a compelling letter, right? You need to have a compelling reason, um, that explains and helps the underwriter understand why you were unable to afford your payment and, more importantly, why it won't happen again. I'm sure there are some people rolling their eyes saying, oh, look how quick you know we are as a society to just start doling out loans to these people that recently tanked. And to that, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to suggest that um, there's a big difference between 
um, credit users and credit abusers. And there are people that when you use credit, for example, to buy a home and life throws you a major curveball and you just can't make it um, for whatever reason, yeah, loss of income. Um, sometimes it's just dissolution of marriage and there's no equity in the home or um, just different circumstances, um, loss of a job, loss of a spouse, death of a child. There's a lot of things like this that happen where people lose their home. We can see that. People that are just flaky and probably never intended to pay their bills, guess what? They've got collections with the trash company and the cable company, and they've got medical collections. They've got all these other uh, outstanding issues where you look at it, and you can just tell this person's a credit abuser. Um, these kind of people aren't going to be getting loans. These, these programs are for people that... Um, gave it a fair shake. It didn't shape up. They've kept their affairs in order. They've got a worthy uh, explanation for why what happened happened, and um, they're they're well qualified to be able to buy again. So, um, yeah, just kind of extending that to you guys. If you're in that boat or know someone who is, we'd love to give you a consultation. Um, you probably get the sense of it, but when you come into our office, we'll sit down and we'll just evaluate what your circumstances were. Um, and then kind of lay out for you what the options are today and when other options are going to open up for you. Um, and I hope the takeaway here is that you might be surprised at what you find out because some people that sure seem undeserving, um, or po potentially ineligible a year ago, thanks to some leniency and some program changes, uh, are having another crack at home ownership. So, um, and it is still the American dream. I mean, it's still viewed as one of the major components to making sure that your retirement goes okay is to bang out that house payment when you can, try to get it gone before you end up into into those sunsetter years. A uh, few follow-up comments for you. Um, the first, just about rates on that program. They're no different than regular FHA right. rates. They're I not. Mean, you're not getting hammered with some exorbitantly high interest rate. It's the same exact rate card that we would use with any FHA um, borrower. So that's the first point I'd like to make. Um, oh, second one's escaping me. Darn it. It'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. Um, hey, we do... Uh, that just took that whole segment right there. I apologize. Um, we got to take the... Uh, final commercial break here of the hour and when we get back we do definitely have more to talk about dan's got some news left i got a bunch here i know you're shocked i got a lot to say stick around after this short break for more mortgage matters to ask a question or make a comment call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832 mortgage matters on kvec news talk 920 we'll be back after these messages from our sponsors we're the mortgage experts on the central coast Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Oh, man. It's 1046. Been on the air here for 45 minutes now, and I just realized that my right headphone is totally dead. We'll fix that during the next break. I like to hear in stereo. You should get some Beats by Dre. You know, and you can just plug that. that into the... I was thinking that um, as much as we do this here, <laughs> we should have like some Mac Daddy headphones. Probably should. I think I want to get my own uh, windsock thing for the <laughs> microphone, like... too, because these things are like a little Petri dish. And every now and again, I come in and there's like some mustache on it, maybe, and some skin <laughs> cells. And I'm like, oh, whoever did the show before us today had too much garlic last night. <laughs> there's probably influenza in this thing right here. <laughs> And they, and oh my God. guys, for those of you at home, um, we have to like put these things right up on our face. Uh, Jim always tells the guests two, two fingers. fingers. <laughs> you, you can't be more than two fingers away from this thing. So it's, it's kind of awkward when you first start and then you get used to the fact that if you, if you don't want to sound weird or tinny or in the other room, you really do have to be right up on the microphone, but that means it's kind of an intimate little sponge here. Oh yeah. I pretty much rest my chin on the I feel like maybe we should uh, get our. <laughs> I can throw it in my backpack and bring it every week. I won't forget it. All right. It's, yeah. it's probably smart. Um, hey, I like that segment about sharing some of the successes. I, I did remember a couple of final points I wanted to make about that FHA back to work program because I do think it's a good program. Um, in addition to having to write a compelling letter about your reason for your um, short sale or, or foreclosure. You also have to go through HUD counseling, which is an important component of, of getting approved for this program. You have to be counseled by a HUD-approved counselor um, so that you can learn 
about how to manage finances. It's basically just some good pointers about financial management. Um, and them giving you those pointers, then giving you a certificate that they believe that you're on the road to recovery as well. So that's one other requirement for that program. Um, Jason, you brought up a great point about the difference between credit users and abusers. And just to elaborate on that point, I, I don't know that a lot of our listeners realize what's in their credit report. I don't think most people see credit. I mean, we see credit reports daily. Um, they're very detailed in the information they provide, and it's really easy to tell who is a, an abuser of credit and who had a temporary hiccup um, that was related to some other life event. It's, it's incredibly easy to tell on the actual report we basically see every credit item you've had for the last 10 years, um, and each item reports your payment history for the past 24 months where they give you a mark. If you're on time, you get a one, and if you're late or something worse, you get something other yeah, than a one. Yeah, 30 days late is like a two, 60 days late is a three, 90 days late is a four, 120 days late is a five. So ideally, you got a bunch of ones all over your credit report, and that means you have good credit. So you can tell if someone has a lot of credit items that have something other than ones, they've got a a trend here. Not to mention, it's always a time frame too. Yes. Like when I was being trained to underwrite, um, I really hated our old boss at Cameron. I mean, I just, right now, I wish I could throw a spear at him at least or something. <laughs> but he, he did teach me some really cool things. Um, and one of the things that we talked about was, you know, sit down in there and try to get an idea of does this person pay a smattering of bills late three four eight times a year um and do they do this like do you just have one tough year like you can't get the mail right you can't you're too busy at work or you're you know maybe you had like some tragedy in your life and you just couldn't get the checks out on time that could be something that we could like ask for explanation on and wrap our arms around but when you look at those grids like you're talking about, they'll tell you the last 24 months, but then it'll say prior lates, you know, lates prior to 2012. Okay. And then it just like 12 of them and that's on every account. Now you get this idea that it's okay when somebody's like had some lates for a month or two or six months or maybe even a year where they just, they got sideways and it took them a while to get back on track and now they're fine. When you see somebody that has habitual late payments month after month on a variety of different kinds of accounts all the way along the line. This is a, you can see that in a credit report. And, um, you know, and the other thing too, is there's a real big difference between not being able to pay your bills on time and then just being a straight up flake, a 30 day late, you know? Yeah. Like Dan, you suck at, um, putting your registration sticker on your truck. You <laughs> it's pay still it late, in my middle console. You get it. And then you don't put it on and you put it in your glove box. And, all these <laughs> things. and and then you get so mad when they pull you over and they're like, give you a ticket for registration. You're like, here's the sticker. And you've had the thing for months and you suck at dealing with your registration. Center. It's one of the only criticisms I can give you, but you suck at that. That's so crazy because Dan's such a neat freak over there. I'm organized and everything. It's funny that you say that it's because I have to take the license plate frame get it off perfect. so I can lay the sticker perfectly yeah. on there. Otherwise, there's one corner that kind of sticks up, and totally. I just can't and, deal with that. And so he's I, got the Windex out there cleaning the oh, plate yeah, and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I get that. And and there are people like you know you know who chronically pays their bills late. Jim always. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Doctors and lawyers. Uh, yeah. uh, they have some of the worst credit ever. And these are ideally some of the smartest people around, right? You would think. Um, they can't pay their bills on time. They got too much paper on their desk. It doesn't strike them as important. I don't know why, but as a just like a population, they're terrible at paying bills on time. There's a difference between paying bills late, what we'll call minor derogatory, even being repeat offenders. Yeah, he's going to pay you on the 32nd day that you ask for it every month, but you're always going to get paid versus somebody that's got charge-offs, collections, judgments, um, tax liens. We see these things all over the place. And, you know, sometimes I think people must make it a goal to sabotage <laughs> themselves because it's like, well, look at you, how do you even have a collection from the frozen yogurt store? <laughs> you do though, don't you? And it's like, they owe the dentist money, the frozen yogurt company. They didn't pay the phone, the trash, the cable. There's, um, the DAs filed for like, uh, you know, insufficient funds for check bouncing. Then we've got past due child support, three state tax liens and a federal tax lien. And you're like, dude, yeah. there's no way you're going to. And they come in there and then they're mad. What do you mean? I can't borrow money. <laughs> you don't pay my mom. Back. My grandma's <laughs> giving me 5% down. And it's yeah. like, oh man, you're terrible at paying people back. So it can really be seen, and I'm talking about two extremes, really. But there's enough but information there's a lot of in a credit between, report, and you can make up your mind. Yeah, you can, a little it, bit of discretion. I, I went through the exact same training at the same company you did, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's funny because someone who's got really bad credit, it's true. They've had to work to get there. It's oh, not, it's, it's like not an art. Easy it's like an that. art. <laughs> uh, so. Back to this FHA back to work program, a lot of people rolling their eyes saying, ah, why are we giving people 12 months out of short sale alone? There are people who are deserving, who truly did have a life event. And those are the people who are getting approved for these loans. The folks who are habitually late and just abusers of credit, they can write the most compelling letter and talk about you know, deaths and family and job loss all they want, but not gonna get the they're loan. not going to get the loan when they look at the credit profile. That's right. Um, there's a really fun analogy about that whole thing, but I'll just move on from it because I don't think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little too gross. I like how you just alienated an entire segment of, um, of people who are potential customers for Doctors us. and lawyers? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. But with doctors and lawyers, they're, they're, they're critical thinkers. And what they heard me say was, I understand that for whatever reason, as a culture, they're no good at paying on time. And the ones that are, that have never paid anything late, know their colleagues are late. And they're like, yeah, this guy's calling a spade a spade. And then the ones that pay late all the time are going, I should get a loan with him because he knows how we are. So we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we're fine right there. Don't worry about that. That's that's just the way this thing goes down. Yeah, strange, strange little, so many doctors and lawyers. And I wondered if, um, if it was because maybe they had... Um, well, I mean, have you ever worked? You've, I know you have been involved with something with an attorney. Um, every attorney I've ever dealt with in my life sends you things way later. Like, oh, we were cleaning up the books and you owe us $480 for that email I sent you back in May. <laughs> oh, that must have been right under your gas bill that you didn't pay. 
Anyway, I digress. <laughs> it took a long time, but we finally, I think we just got through it all. The unemployment rate, jobless claims, all that stuff, how it ties into doing home loans. Um, I'm thrilled. Good stuff to talk about. I've got more stuff here. That's um, good because we've got another hour of show. I know we in. have a whole other hour to go, and I'm. It's going to be a struggle to tie together retail sales, um, CPI and PPI. How are we going to tie all that back into loan program stuff? Oh, piece of cake! Piece Consumer of Consumer confidence. We're hey, gonna, we're going to talk about the ten-year Treasury yield. We're going to talk about interest rates. That's, that's kind of tied, pretty sweet. So you were probably on the road on Friday, right? When you guys you were heading over to the um, to the funeral service. Yeah. That unemployment report. I mean, we pretty much wake up to it in California. It's known. Um, Thursday, they were still saying, "Oh man, it's ADP and everything's calling for making two hundred thousand jobs." Um, so Friday morning, we wake up to seventy four thousand jobs. And that ten year just it's fell like nice through fall. the floor. Ten basically ten basis points right away from like two nine eight. Um, it went down to like two eight eight pretty quick. And since then it's been chunking around, getting really even a little bit lower. Uh we've we've kind of had tug of war, but altogether I, I'm gonna say it's slid in the right direction. Yesterday the ten year closed out at two point eight two. So begs the question, how do you think this jobs report, obviously we've seen what the traders think by the treasury yield falling a little bit. What do you think it, it's going to do for the policymakers? Do you think there will be any kind of change? Well, the good news for them is um, they've got a little bit of time to agree or not that it was a fluke, right? They've got some other data that they can focus on. And and all together, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that they left themselves a, a good amount of wiggle room, um, it, especially if you look at the minutes from the December 18th meeting. They had revealed some basically just total confidence in the labor market improvement, and now they said that. Um, they know that if there's further disappointment or any degrading of the current conditions, they've left themselves the wiggle room to bump the purchasing back up and even or increase it from what it was previously. So they've definitely left themselves some outs. And so I don't know how it's going to shape up, but we're definitely going to see. Guys, it's the top of the hour coming into 11 o'clock. So we got a few minutes break here. Um, go and uh, refill your coffee. Do what you got to do. Love it if you join us for the next hour. We'll be here for another live hour of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason.
this song makes me want to do that cool like thing where you like are in the line with your like four buddies and then you step forward and slide to the microphone when you start singing remember that like <laughs> the cool like bebop slide you know you do it's funny i used to listen to this growing up I remember the oldies station was always in my mom and dad's car. Oh, and so I knew the words to all these yeah. songs. Down at um, down south where I'm from, they have K Earth 101, mm-hmm. and that's all the oldies. Um, and I remember when we first moved up to Big Bear, we moved in next to these. Um, it was a pretty conservative, very cool family, and we started. I, my parents never listened to oldies. Um, we were listening to like Zeppelin and the Stones and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. but the girls um, sang all the old songs. And I just remember thinking it was like, I don't know, it was, it was something was like almost adorable. And they do these little like faux, um, what's it called? A sock hop or whatever, where they <laughs> literally had like poodle skirts on that were like pink, almost felt with like a poodle thing on it and all the like big bloomers and stuff under it and uh so there's some part of me whenever i hear all these music like that that's what it reminds me of is those cute young girls and i was just so intrigued by like how into it they were doing like the mashed potato and all these different I feel like you got to grease your hair back and roll a pack of smokes I'm in telling your, you in your sleeve yeah <laughs> good times i love music it's funny how a song a song or just even a melody can take you right back to something eons ago so, Dan, you said this was going to be easy, so I'm going to toss it out here to you. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, a um, few little things I'll start with. I'm sure we'll evolve from here. But um, just to prove that nothing is safe from a corporate sponsorship, there was this week the National Association of Home Builders slash Wells Fargo Builder Confidence or Builder Sentiment Index this week. Um, it's so funny. I started, I read that and I'm like, man, everything's got a corporate sponsor. Even the S and P case Schiller home price index, not just case Schiller. Yeah. Um, anyway, the builder sentiment index dipped a little bit in December. Not surprising considering the time of year. It's a little slower. Um, but things are still on the, the positive side. Um, home builders are still feeling pretty confident. Um, in this slower time of year, looking forward to hopefully what's uh, going to be a good home buying season come springtime. So that was a, a, a good you know, number. Just yesterday, they pushed out <coughs> December housing starts and buildings permits duo. Who's the corporate sponsor for those? <laughs> they don't have one. <laughs> These numbers came out pretty close to expectations. Housing starts. So these are actually breaking ground. Permits getting signed off on the like grading and getting construction underway. It just I think it would have a great ring if it was like the Central Coast Lending Housing Starts and Building Permits numbers. That'd be sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> housing starts were down almost 10%. Maybe because it was cold. Oh, it's definitely because of the weather. Or they didn't <laughs> hire enough of the people that needed those jobs and they couldn't do them. Um, and permits, which is... Obviously, permits is like a forward-looking indicator, down 3%. That's the more alarming one. I'm not surprised that we're not seeing ground being broken on on new construction in the, the middle of winter. 
but to not i mean this seems like a great time if you can't be out actually swinging hammers and and you know throwing dirt around great time to do the paperwork right oh totally and you know funny that you mentioned that um having grown up the son of a contractor and i spent a few years in the trades myself uh we lived in a town where it snowed and that was something that you really contended with and so um one of the things that we did every summer while the squirrels were out collecting nuts we we sheeted a house and got it like roofed and ready that we could work inside in the in the bad winter and hey if we caught a sunny day where we could make some progress outside we focused the energy outside but on the days where the weather was bad we knew we left ourselves work um every winter you would you would leave yourself inside work if you could um so it is interesting to me that um i mean the starts are down i do kind of expect that who's going to go start pushing around dirt when you got you know all the the inclement weather um and and permits down too so maybe it is just that people are working inside or already have their permit ready for the um ground they intend to break when it thaws yeah the uh other other little um dealio that came out this week a uh, couple pieces here that usually run hand in hand inflation what's your bet in, do you worry about inflation do you think inflation's something real that we're going to contend with um by the way 2013 <laughs> was brutal on gold i don't know if you're a gold owner but <laughs> i know you are <laughs> <laughs> brutal yeah um and and so much of this was based on inflation you know just fear that over jamming the the money uh into the economy just really a big surplus and i understand there's an argument to be made about whether or not that actually causes inflation i don't care to get into it but on the inflation front i'm curious what's your thought about inflation well, I mean, it's it's something. I don't know. I know the numbers, so I. It's kind of yeah. hard for me to be um, to have a, a real strong opinion because I, I know what the numbers are. Inflation isn't even meeting the Fed target, so right. it's not a concern of mine. Um, on the same hand, you know, I get bothered when they put more air in my bag of potato chips or shrink the size of my ice cream container and charge me the same price. I don't like that. Yeah. So to me, inflation is real. It is something that's, that, I mean, it's part of the the directive of the Fed to, to have some amount of inflation. Their target's 2% a year. So I know that we're always going to have something. It's a way that they entice you to spend your money and not just hang on to it. I saw the other day that some of the um, oil companies like Chevron and these are, um, not necessarily losing money, but their profits were down. I thought that was interesting. They, it pisses me off to think that when gas is more expensive, those guys are making more money. <laughs> I only want to be paying more if it costs more for them to get it. <laughs> don't, don't let it cost you more to get it. And then you just like add some extra cost onto what your normal cost is. The fact that it's cheaper right now, but so here's the deal. Uh, I have a friend that owns a gas station or two in town. You know why sometimes the, the profit's no bueno? They buy all this stuff in the morning at a cost, and they throw it in the ground, 20, 30, 40,000 gallons. Um, if they got to pump it out tomorrow at 10 cents less a gallon, there's kind of a little 
you know, a little loss occurred in there. And usually the people that bring it out and dump it into the ground to fill you up aren't going to float you on what you hope to be able to sell it for tomorrow. Um, so in an environment of declining um value i guess of gas then or declining cost of gas those guys may lose a little bit of money but but that's interesting that that seems like it would affect the franchise owner but not necessarily the big corporation right because the yeah. you know the the actual supplier of the of the gasoline yeah, is you're... selling it at the time it goes into the ground not the time it's it's sold retail yeah you're probably right about that so it doesn't explain it then Interesting. Maybe they're just having to squeeze profits because demand is down with all the, you know, hype over electric vehicles and, and other fuel efficient types of modes of transportation or just getting off of gas completely. The demand's down. So they've got to squeeze to. So gold sellers people. around the country would love for you to believe that inflation is real. It's looming. And when it happens, it's going to be incredibly painful. Um, suggesting that we may see interest rates go into the double digits um far as i'm concerned about inflation um i there's a couple people that got to worry about inflation um folks that don't own a home because <laughs> that's really one of your best hedges against inflation right if you own a home and it gets runaway inflation and let's just say that you own a home that you bought in 2012 with your three percent 30-year fixed and then suddenly inflation takes hold and the homes get pushed up to a million bucks and the interest rates are 10%. How stoked are you that you bought it for 400,000 and you're paying 3%? I mean, that's a good place to be in. Now you're paying back old debt with an inflated dollar. In theory, if wages move up with inflation, um, it's those homeowners, that, that kind of sets the stage for the next opportunity of people to accumulate some real wealth. So. Uh, while inflation has been below the Fed's target, it's a great time to invest in real estate. It still is. I know that a lot of the fever has fallen out of the air since interest rates have creeped up just a little bit, crept up, maybe I should say. It's still, I mean, this week we're we're looking at, you know, four and three-eighths, four and a half, maybe, depending on if you want to pay a half a point or no points. That's That's stupid low. And if you can lock something in before the inflation takes hold, it's going to. I do think at some point it's going to. I don't I don't subscribe that it's going to be runaway. You know, we're not going to end up in soup lines or anything like that. But it's a great deal for people to be able to still afford some real estate um, at good low interest rates. They're going to be in a good, good position when the inflation begins. Um, so how is inflation looking? The producer price index, um, this measures... Uh, what's going on on the producer side, their actual cost to manufacture, acquire, manufacture what's ultimately going to the consumer. They were expecting a 0.4% increase. Um, they came in um, at 0.4% ultimately. So right on online with, with what the producers have been saying, um, consumer price index was expecting plus 0.3%. Um, came in at plus 0.3%. So those estimates have been right on, suggesting that the cost to both produce a good and to consume a good has been relatively in line with expectations, very predictable and controlled, which is kind of surprising given that we've injected trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy. Um, 
in light of you, you would expect inflation um, when the employment market continues to improve, right? So, and the feds began tapering because of sustained improvement in the jobs market. Shouldn't inflation be kind of coming along with that? It's not, it's still flat. And that's what tells me we're going to see 0% uh, overnight rate on the Fed, zero to quarter, whatever they got it at right now. It's been for five years. We're going to see that continue until these inflation numbers um, pick up and perhaps begin to exceed expectations for a few months in a row. When you look at the consumer price index for the past two years, um, we're under the Fed's target of 2%. The Fed wants to see roughly 2% inflation per year. That's their target. That's what they feel is a healthy number. For the entire year of 2013, consumer prices increased 1.5%, which is actually down from 2012 when consumer prices increased 1.7%. So back to your original question, is inflation a concern? Not yet. No, not really. Not yet. In fact, deflation is the bigger concern, yeah. which has probably prolonged some of the stimulus that we've seen. Um, if, if inflation were getting above that 2% target, we probably would have seen the Fed act a little sooner uh, to reducing their spending. It's been no secret. The Fed mentions these inflation numbers every time they talk about the employment numbers and the, and the plans with QE3. Um, we generally breeze right over that, though. Oh, really? Yeah, six and a half percent unemployment rate. Got it. Um, totally missed the fact that they said that we would be meeting target inflation rates and have um, a target unemployment rate. So that for whatever reason, we don't like to hear that. It's almost like, oh, inflation means that I'm going to have to pay more for goods and services rather not do that can can we you know just skip that part of it but the reality is at some point i know there's a little drag but at some point we'd be coughing up uh more money at the pump or at the grocery store or or wherever but at the same time we'd be experiencing higher savings rates we'd be experiencing some appreciation in the homes we own uh we'll be having the benefit of having good low interest rates from yesteryear that we're paying back with an inflated dollar. And probably most importantly, we're going to be making more at work. So it is all relative, but if you lock in a good low rate on some real estate that you own, you're um, in a safe hedge to be able to keep up with the economy. If you don't own real estate, um, then you're you're kind of caught in no man's land because everything's going to get more expensive and, and you're going to make more money. However, um, you don't, when you go to buy, you're going to be buying at the 7, 8, 10, 12% interest rates, whatever might be the case when inflation really takes hold. So that's how I'll tie that inflation thing back to people uh, dusting it off and coming to get a home loan. Nicely done. What do you think? That was good. All right. It's 1121, which means we're ready for a commercial break. Take some time out to thank the sponsors. Um, we got more to talk about for sure. Uh, stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody, welcome back. Bandstand, good times. <laughs> we were talking about going to the hop, coming back on the last break. Let's figure this fit. I was watching a movie a couple weeks ago with my kids, and somebody said something about Soul Train, and my kids said, Dad, what's Soul Train? <laughs> really? I was like, oh, man, we got to like get some videos. What's Soul Train? You know how funny uh, it is now, too? Do you guys ever like catch any little clips of that on YouTube? Or oh, anything? yeah. Don Cornelius yeah, and Soul American Train. Bandstand. Yeah. God, uh, you got to miss Dick Clark, though. And when I was a kid, there was, could have trumped Bandstand, Soul Train, mm -hmm. The Gong Show. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Do you remember The Gong yeah, Show? Yeah. That was kind of a terrible show. Yeah. But I do hear every now and again, like, an artist or somebody that's, like, huge, like, Kenny G got gonged or something. <laughs> I don't think it was actually Kenny G, but some people that ended up actually turning in to be something special got gonged on the gong show. Do you want to watch that movie, though, about Chuck? Uh, Chuck Barris, the guy that was the host. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Oh, my God. I just watched that the other night, actually. Like, was it any good? Like oh, it's a great movie. He's like a hitman. Yeah, <laughs> like, but you, you're left wondering if, if really he's was. just delusional or... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a really good movie, yeah. Confessions yeah. of a Dangerous Mind. I can't remember who the f- actor is. I got it. Um, Weird. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Is He's that like guy this, like a loony man? Yeah, he'd, he'd, the show would be on hiatus and be flying over to Europe to off somebody. Yeah, they would, <laughs> they would send the. Was it for Gong yeah. Show or it was yeah. it was one of the dating shows where like the winning couple would go to Russia for their yeah. for their like weekend getaway and they'd go with a chaperone who was, was Chuck who was Chuck um, and he, he would go and off someone while the couple was like in some snowy terrible. And that's, you don't. And, but. Are you saying that no. you don't know if it's true or if it's like just made up, like the guy's just a whack job? Right. Huh, that's because it, the, the whole story comes from his diary or something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Weird. Yeah. That's really weird awesome. and creepy. He was the same dude from like the dating show or yeah, whatever, right? He created it. Yeah. yeah, he created the dating game and the newlywed game. Yes. And and then he goes to Europe and offs people. <laughs> you shouldn't laugh like that about <laughs> killing people. Jim. That's <laughs> creeping me it's out. It's a really good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I heard that that um, the Wolf of Wall Street is how it's called. Yeah, with Leonardo. I heard that's amazing. Yeah. And a bunch of people have told me recently, so it would apply directly to you that given like what our interests and experience are that um we would love it so i kind of am wanting that's to on see my it. list yeah now yeah. that all the academy award nominees are out i've got yeah, some movies you, i have to see don't you craft the uh the list around some of those nominations i know i do of the things movies you that see. i want yeah oh yeah or you know best supporting actor best actor best picture all those kinds of things it's like oh that's the ones i want to see that's how I'd like to judge movies, and especially when you're like, if you're looking. You guys go to the movie store anymore? You mean is Netflix? There su- is there such a thing as a movie store anymore? Yeah, there's one right by my house in Tascadero. Okay. It's great. Oh. Yeah. You can go in there and rent a movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's yeah. the weirdest wow, thing. It's crazy. Huh. And it. it <laughs> I went in there last week with the family and you know, they, they drop, we get red box movies periodically or whatever, but this is like a local business and the dudes like stock the shelves with videos. And so it's like Ed's video pals or something. All right. Go in there. Um, DVDs everywhere, man. They're on, on there. And, and then you see one that you like and it's like, <laughs> yeah. um, display only. Sorry, this title's been checked out. And I'm like, Oh, I remember that. Like as a kid, um, I, I always would judge the movies by, uh, first of all, how many are on the shelf when there's 20 of them on the shelf, you know, that's going to be a better movie than the one where there's one. And then it's like with quotes around it, a truly, um, you know, edge of the seat, clinching, amazing movie of the year Yeah. by <laughs> Peter Wood from the, uh, to Hatchapi Post, and you're like, oh, booty. <laughs> I want to hear, yeah, hear from like one of the guys, <laughs> or or maybe somebody that I don't know, like in a real like Rolling Stone or something says it's great. Then I'm down to check it out. But so you always got to look at how many they got and what who said what about it. But the minute you see that it was like Best Picture nominee or whatever, it's like it's a movie worth getting usually. So I usually do put together the list after the award shows. There you go. Good times. I digress. The Gong Show. That's how we got there, huh? American uh, Bandstand. Yeah, the Gong Show. Tied it all back together. Might have a bed to come back with in the next break. <laughs> uh So of all of the stuff that's gone on for the, you know, 
memorable past here. I don't know how long the average person's memory is of how they were feeling yesterday or looking forward to tomorrow or not. January's consumer sentiment numbers kind of attempt to capture this. Um, they, they poll people to find out um, are people more confident or not? Um, does tomorrow feel bright or not? This is interesting. Upper income households. I don't know what defines upper income. Didn't necessarily say. Uh, but they benefited from the continued strong gains in income, as well as increases in stock and home values. So the upper income household folks are feeling pretty good. Um, and their sentiment is high. They're looking forward to tomorrow. Um, the low and middle income households are filled with concern about lackluster growth in the employment and income categories, and they anticipate less improvement in long-term prospects for the economy. So you kind of see in the sentiment numbers for the month of January, some of that spread again, like the rich are kind of thrilled with what's been going on, um, and the low and middle income folks are feeling that it's not all that great. All in all, consumer sentiment slipped. Um, sentiment really does tie into real estate. When we got all of the gains in real estate that started in 2000, what are we gonna call it now? I don't know when to define it. Was it 2010? Is that really about the turnaround? For real estate, the price yeah. gains? Yeah, I think so. 2011? I mean, 2010 was like the bottom stuff. I mean, people that stepped forward and were buying stuff in around the county in 2010 made some pretty good coin over the next couple years. Um, that being said, they it was sort of what began to drive the sentiment. Uh, people be, changed their opinion about what real estate was worth and whether or not it was worth owning it and all these kinds of things and sort of, um, and the other thing too, is I think that, um, seeing the unemployment numbers go down, seeing, uh, Fannie and Freddie kind of find stable ground, seeing, um, the bank's financials come back into positive territory, seeing us fall from the 400,000, 500,000, initial jobless claims a week numbers down into the three low 300s kind of seeing everything move in the right direction show, slowly but surely showed an increase in consumer sentiment and that very sentiment is very tied in with real estate in fact when you get around and talk to realtors they need they depend on the general population feeling good about things um, having confidence that it's a good time to make an investment. It's a good time to pull a little money out and make a down payment. It's a good time to, to take that leap and buy. Um, and so we really do depend on sentiment. And it's funny to me, it's a chicken or the egg thing, right? So you see real estate starts going gangbusters and sentiment starts reaching for your highs. Real estate takes a little bit of a slowdown and suddenly sentiment is going with it. It's just kind of a, a funny cycle. It reminds me of a conversation we had a few months back when Wes uh, from Patterson Realty was on the show. And he, we were taught, we were in the conversation about what compels someone to buy when, you know, cause they have realtors have 
these um, conversations more frequently with home buyers than we do. We're, we're usually getting someone in our office when they've found the home or maybe right before. They've already made the decision they're going to buy. But it was interesting, very little of a person's decision, according to Wes, and, and I, I believe he reflects a lot of, of what other realtors see as well. People are compelled by how they're feeling more so than by interest rates or home values. The data that impacts us and interest rates, they could care less about consumer prices and jobless claim numbers and things like that. Don't you think subconsciously, though, it works its way in? I do. Because I know for me, when I when I pull into the gas station... If you're paying attention to it. Yeah, but even when you just pull into the gas station and you're like, oh, it's more than it was yesterday. And it, it's not... I mean, if your car holds 15 gallons and gas goes up by three cents a gallon, you're going to pay 45 cents more for that fill up. But it pisses you off something fierce, you know, and we'll drive all the way across town to get gas. That's four cents less a gallon. Um, and the fact is, is that the six miles it takes to get over there totally eats up all the savings. But we feel better about spending less per gallon. So I do think subconsciously that things tie into this. And at the same time, what goes into sentiment for me in terms of housing and stuff, man, I was bummed out when every friend that I had, including um, there were people in my family that were looking at um, getting furloughed or laid off, talking about short selling or perhaps being forced into foreclosure. All of my friends were like on the ropes over a house that they bought or, you know, something everywhere we turned, somebody had something that was keeping them awake at night. Um, and yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily, um, know how to identify it, but things just feel crummy when it's like that. And you do your best to keep your chin up. That's the human spirit. Turn the corner, though, and you got into 2011, 2012. Um, people are buying houses again. Nobody's going through short sales. Nobody's going through foreclosures. People's businesses have turned a corner. They're feeling it now. Gas is cheaper. All of a sudden, they're like, let's make a trip. Let's make plans to go on a trip. And they're just, everybody's got a higher spirit about things. And I do think that those trends are reflected in the numbers to some degree. Um, it, and maybe the maybe each person can't vocalize why. They don't know how their feeling correlates directly with the data. But you could sure see the cycle of what happened in the last seven years. Um, and I remember at the time as, um, was a funny thing I heard. Uh, a recession is when your neighbor loses his job and a depression is when you lose yours. That's like, I mean, that's pretty telling. And I think that's pretty true. So just getting away from all that. I mean, we don't have, um, I, we're in the mortgage industry. You know this better than anybody. Um, I was just trying to tell Anthony the other day, so many of my friends were in the mortgage business, not only because people I met, because we were in the same industry but we had people piling in man oh yeah come on this is great uh, you just if you want to just like learn some real basic stuff we could like give you a chump wage of 50 grand a year and then if you're any good at it at all you could expect to be making 60 70 80 by the end of a year and a half two years and all these people piled in and now like look around of the hundreds of people we knew that did this how many people still do it <laughs> 10 20 
if i mean it's few it's few so like you see and and i think a lot of people felt that way and they're they were in an industry that got shook up and maybe even overturned and people went scatter or whatever there was survival mode for sure happening a couple years ago um i feel right now um sentiment i think should be a little bit squirrely i think there's people should be a little bit concerned there's a little bit to be concerned about yeah. we just had a month where we only added seventy four thousand jobs but see and i i think to your point about the connection between sentiment and data um i don't think an individual number will have an effect on sentiment but like you're saying all of it adds up and does have an effect yeah um somewhat subconsciously i, th I think that all those positives when when you're just surrounded by positives you know the the cheaper fill up the you know your your relative who's been unemployed got a, a job full half gallon of ice cream <laughs> yeah all those things it does make you feel good and you don't necessarily know why you can't pinpoint one thing but you're feeling it one month of with one number that's bad isn't going to necessarily impact that sentiment no but if that become if that influences you know something else which influences something else and then everything starts to become negative again then all of a sudden you are feeling that negativity and it's reflected in the sentiment number i know that this week i felt really good because i had resigned myself to believe that i was never going to fill up my uh you know 23 gallon tank in my truck for less than a hundred bucks and i had the, the pump went click on uh on thursday and I looked at the the ticker. It was under eighty dollars. Huh. That's twenty three plus gallons of gasoline. Did you keep squeezing and top it off until it spilled over onto the ground? No way. Yeah. I make sure every last drop gets in the tank. That's like, that's, it's not less than a penny anymore. That's every drop is precious. I have a diesel truck now, and um, I love it. It's more efficient. Everything about it's great. Diesel's a little bit more expensive, but I did the math and I make up for it. Um, you want to know the worst thing about diesel? Hmm. Freaking pumps are disgusting. Like you, I almost need to bring gloves with me everywhere I go. Those diesel hand, I don't know what it is. I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but they're like, like yesterday I got gas at the Shell on Santa Rosa over there. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. This thing was literally dripping from the like connection point of the handle and hose. So first of all, I like put it in the thing and pull it and turn it into the like hold it on position, pull my hand away and my hands is covered in like junk. Then I'm like literally watching it just drip. Is this gasoline dripping? Well, I mean, not gasoline, it's diesel, diesel. fuel. It's Whatever. a little bit different, but yes. Whatever. And, and, and I don't know what it is, but this is this is the how, way that it is at too many of the stations around. And it's not just even the county. It's across the state. You can't touch one of those diesel pumps without getting it all over your hands. That's crazy. Yeah, the EPA needs to do something about I the diesel nozzles. I will say don't ever put try to put diesel into a gasoline engine because that will cost you a lot. Yeah, <laughs> my buddy Terry did that when we were in college. Um you remember Toyota owns the land now, I think, but down here off Los Osos Valley Road, there was a mobile. 
next door to the AMPM. Remember that? We were sitting there one day, you know, we were like freshmen in college age type of thing. And he uh, comes over to the window and he goes, I just filled up with diesel. And I'm like, no, no, it's not even supposed to like fit in the thing. Mm -hmm. It did, however, have a green handle, but he's not always like too uh, attention to detail on things. And anyway, his house was like right over the 101 in Los, Los Verdes Park 1. And I was like, man, you know, you got gas in the line and gas in the, you know, in the injectors and some gas in the filter. If you can, like, punch it out of here and get us to the top of the freeway, we may be able to coast it into the um, <laughs> deal. And then we can try to, like, dump it and drain it. What a nightmare. We did make it. But um, getting diesel out of a gas motor is not easy. Not easy. Yeah. No. So don't ever do that. That's not – they're not equal. Uh, one won't run on the other. Don't do it. That's yeah. that's my sage advice. For You'll you get today. corrected if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. It's um, fuel, not gasoline. Fuel. Okay. Yeah. It's it's okay. You're a gasser. We... <laughs> you probably correct people when they call their SUV a truck, huh? Like, um, it's a, it's a sport utility vehicle. Yeah, it's a grocery getter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as long as we're talking about diesel, just one more thing, real quick. Not every gas station even has diesel. It's pretty much like one in six around our county. Um, and at the gas stations that do, there's typically only a couple pumps that do. They'll have a green and a black on the same pump. And when you're in a gas car and there are 20 pumps open, don't go to the diesel pump and then use the um, unleaded gas. Um, just be more mindful of the people around you. All right. We'll get back on topic here after this <laughs> quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. 
Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call agent Susan Rodriguez. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Bachelorette number one. <laughs> I live in my mom's basement. Where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to Mortgage Matters. There's some silliness in the air over here today. What's that guy's name? Chuck Barris. Barris? Yeah, and you know, some of the people like that were like on the game, dating game are like big stars, like Sally Field was in. Really? Um, yeah, she was like one so of So was the, it kind of cast? It wasn't as random as it appeared? Sometimes I think it was kind of cast, yeah. Taking like actors yeah. and actresses. Yeah. I mean, you see these like nerdy yeah. dudes with like a bow tie and just yeah. doing the weirdest things. I think Burt Reynolds might have been on it. Or well, something. I, like, I bet it was a lot yeah. of aspiring actors and actresses yeah. looking for their We have this out. opportunity yeah. for you. Go on a date. Show, uh, show how much personality you have. Uh, well, and then they would like uh, give them like if they went on and chose to go on a second date or or no, what was it? If they went with the one that the audience picked for them, the dating game would pay that date. But if they chose the one, the you're audience thinking picked, of Love Connection. Oh, oh, that's a, that was Chuck Woolery, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh, I got to get my '80s sitcoms right. <clears throat> Feels like deja vu, by the way. I feel like we've talked about these before. We have. I think I made we the have. same mistake last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to know? I mean, coming off of a. The conversation of feeling good, consumer sentiment being so good. You know what will make you feel really good? Listening to Elvis. Our federal government ran a surplus in December. A surplus. Come on. That means they spent less than they brought in. Come on. $53 billion surplus. Why? Uh, they said a big chunk of it was the um, quarterly payment from, from Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. You know, those profitable mortgage entities. Fantastic. I think they, if I remember correctly, their quarterly payment was something around $39 billion. So if you discounted that, there's still about $14 billion surplus. Last week when Craig Darnell was on the show, we were talking shop a little bit. and um... His shop or our shop? I would have to say the... Uh... Financial markets shop. shop? Yeah. Okay. Um, I more or less was saying, hey, the financials, all the all these companies, all the big banks and stuff, wow. they're um, they're going to lose. They're going to lose money. See, but all the 
all the headlines are that they're going to they're primed for being more profitable. Um, they're over because of commercial. So check this out. I argue that they're overregulated and the cost of compliance profile has slowed down production and really costs additional personnel. Additionally, the drop in volume uh, by 50-60% is what it's been noted. Um, these guys are slow to react and it's not popular to give layoffs, right? You think Chase is going to step forward and lay people off um, in the public eye right away? It doesn't exactly give confidence to your, um, you know, even all your customers. So it look like you're tanking. For that reason, I think these guys are going to be missing some revenue. Are going to end up in um, posting losses. And we saw fourth quarter numbers recently. They're down. They're not losses yet. But Craig said he thought the opposite, that the financial companies are actually going to show great strength in the fact that they're past their legacy issues and their settlement payments and everything that's gone on. And for that reason, they're going to be uh, looking forward. And I I was kind of curious to see what you thought about that. Which side of the fence are you on? <sighs> I go back and forth um, on that issue, actually. See, I, I, I sometimes don't buy into the argument because I, I do think a big part of their revenue stream for the last several years has been mortgage. Origination volume yeah. and and the fees that are picked up from doing loans and then and then servicing those loans. And But at the same time, it does make sense to me that commercial loan volume, we've always heard commercial follows residential. So if that's true, then they're in line for some booming uh commercial originations hey we've got a caller on the line we don't have a lot of time left on the show so let's go to eric in morro bay yeah i just want to ask you a quick question about uh jumbo loans what the the status of the market is i've been meaning to actually call you guys but i thought i'd catch you up yeah um i'll field it jumbos mortgage i'm sorry can you finish that part there's a little cut uh, cut out there um, is $850,000 mortgage and a home value that's about the same. Is there any, any uh, product out there right now for that kind of a borrower? No. No, There's probably really the max, maximum loan to value on a jumbo um, is maybe 90%, and that's yeah. a portfolio program. 90% is a portfolio program. you got to actually have some money in the bank or, or pledge some assets so that they'll do it for you. Um, for the most part, when you get into the more normal stuff, 80s become very common. Um, for a long time, those jumbos were limited to like 65%, 60 to 65. So now it's up closer to 80. But so, yeah, that, that suggests that if you owe 850, you know, the place is going to need to appraise for north of a million for something like that to work out. Um, and FHA loans were filling in these gaps for a little while, too. Uh, because they had good low interest rates, but the mortgage insurance is just off the charts. And recently, FHA cut for Slow County; they cut down to 561. So it really still a tough spot if you don't have equity and you're over um, over the uh, 561 two loan amount. If you do have equity in your home, the jumbo market 
is alive and well alive and well and and there's a lot of activity there actually for for quite a while in 2008 2009 it was really difficult to find um, jumbo financing now jumbo financing if you have the necessary equity um, the rates are good you can get good low fixed interest rates you can get adjustable rates um, there's a lot of options out there for you in the jumbo market we've got a uh, great question eric thanks for calling in uh, we have bonnie on the line from los osos quick comment when sure. you put your tags on your plate yes. make sure that you score it with a little knife or razor blade otherwise someone's going to swipe it from you huh yeah because we had our tags ripped off yep that's we're here in uh, Los Osos, Osos. we were spending time in Lancaster, so who knows which place it happened. I got yeah, tags stolen from two of my cars when I lived in Los Osos. Wow. So you know to score it when you put it on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's okay. great advice, Bonnie. Thanks for the call. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. I also take the old ones off. I do that also. I, I like, like a nice, clean plate. Yeah, I like it down there looking <laughs> good. Um, you know what? I've got a project for this afternoon so that... It can just be done. Hey, okay. well, now it's out there. I mean, I, <laughs> I called you to the mat on uh, what might be one of few character flaws you have. No, the Soundless PD might be waiting right out there to tail down out of here. You know, I might have already heard that you know he's got expired tags. That would be really a bummer. <laughs> it would be. I have a screwdriver in my truck, though, if you want to eliminate all risk. I yeah, think I'll chance it. I'll chance <laughs> it. You'll live life on the wild side. <laughs> yeah. That's too funny. Yeah, um, I got my tags stolen. I You had tags stolen out there, too, didn't I you? I did. I've had some tags stolen in Los Osos. Yeah. Los Osos is like a little hotbed for registration theft. Yeah. Oh, our quaint little town. Uh, I was out in Los Osos this week. The roads. There's a lot going on out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I moved away from there just over a year ago now. And was happy to do so because they were tearing a lot of stuff up and there was detours around. But they've got, there's a lot going on out there right now. Just getting the sewer all in place, huh? It's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. I wonder if they're going to make all of the roads super nice when it's done. That's part of the plan, yeah. There's um, there's some road funds that they're going to put into use uh, at the conclusion of this project. So when all is said and done... Homes in Los Osos should all be hooked up to the sewer and have nice paved roads out in front. You think they'll even pave that road where I sunk my car? <laughs> I believe that <laughs> that is the plan, yeah. Um, never got a clear answer. Remember we had those uh, guys from the county on to talk about the yeah. sewer project. I remember them talking about the road funds as well. I think I asked the question about whether or not each street was also going to get curbs, gutters, sidewalks, and uh, no way. there was some ambiguity to the answer. It, it didn't sound like that was necessarily in the cards. It'd be great if they did. Yeah. And as long as we're being idealistic about what um, how they should do it, they should just bury all the utility lines, too. <laughs> you know how awesome it looks in an area when there's all the phone and electricity and all that's buried? I mean, if... You could make Los Osos like the next like Palisades, man. Sort bury those utility lines, put up nice roads with gutters, sidewalks, curbs, maybe even a little street light here and there. Wouldn't that be something? Um, man, that would you'd see like the uh, mansionization of Osos. That's what would happen. <laughs> No, they'll wait until after everything's done, and then they'll dig it back up and patch the road. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that so, funny how that happens? <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. It's so frustrating. <laughs> that's what, that's what yeah. And you go like mm. a super nice, smooth road, and then all of a sudden there's like that cut in it and then new asphalt that doesn't fit right. Mm. <laughs> it's got to be better technology than that. <laughs> We've had a lot of great calls today. Um, do want to thank Rick, Eric, and Bonnie all for calling in and sharing their thoughts, opinions, and great tips, Bonnie, on how to keep your registration sticker on your car for the full 12 months. Yep. Um, we do appreciate your participation in the show. For folks like Eric who um, have been interested in calling and investigating options for their mortgage, um, give us a call during the week. Don't just wait for Saturdays to, to call. You can call us during the week at the office. The phone number is 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Um, we're there normal business hours and uh, after that uh, by appointment. So give us a call. We can help you figure out if there's some creative loan program or some other creative solution for you to lower your mortgage payment or get into some better, more stable financial situation. Um, also, if you're interested in purchasing a home, we, we love doing those too. We have all kinds of purchase programs. If it's a residential one to four unit property, we can finance it. You know, and the, the thing that I really always want to stress about that too is it's not necessarily that you're wanting to, to buy next month. There's a lot you can do to put yourself on a path to home ownership. And I really... I have clients that I work with for years, to no exaggeration, we work through issues of um, having a savings schedule to get together funds for down payment and closing. We work on um, income levels. We work on uh, fixing or repairing credit or sometimes just establishing credit that's lacking to begin with. Lots of things that we can put into place if you work well ahead of the curve. Also talk to people about if you're getting gift funds, getting them sooner than later to maybe get them seasoned. Um, so if home ownership is even on the horizon for you in months or years to come, it's never too early to sit down and begin planning it out. At the very least, we're going to get to know each other, have a conversation about some things I know that we'll all enjoy. Um, it's always a good idea. So if you if you even think you want to own um, or are thinking about an investment property, anything like that, check us out. We're 543-LOAN, 543-5626. And we're on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back next week. We'll have Jason and Jason and Guy talking more real estate and mortgage. 